1: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
0: And we're back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and we are brought to you today. This episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, today we have with us, now, we're about to have a really, really fun conversation. So for the folks who listen to my show, I think y'all know I like to talk about that. I like to talk about badass women doing kick-ass things. And I particularly like to talk to women who are supporting badass women doing kick-ass things. And today we have both with us. We have Heather Wentler, CEO of the Doyen Group. And we are gonna talk about some fun stuff, but I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and, and say, Heather. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. yes, thank you for having me. I mean,
1: I think that we're kind of interlopers of watching each other's organizations over the past few years, so it's exciting to actually have a conversation
0: right right like I just I saw I saw the set list come across, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good one uh well, so Heather, let's go ahead and just jump right into it, and I'm just gonna ask you, you know. Tell us about yourself. Tell us what you do. Share, share, share your journey with the Startup Hustle listeners. Oh, I feel
1: like I need a glass of wine, but I mean,
0: probably, but <laughs> it, I don't know what time it is where you're at, but where I'm at, it's a little early.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really, what's gotten me to today has really been a 10 year journey. So I, tr- I was, trained to be an educator. Um, I have a degree in elementary and middle school education, which I think has really prepared me for working with entrepreneurs of how do you tune into that middle school mindset? Because it is kind of like herding cats, it right? I really bit. do believe, you know, a big part of my education training was around how do you work with a middle school mind, which is their very that your brain is at that development point where it's all me, me, me. And just uh, I don't know if we actually ever grow out of that, which, the, again, is not a critique, but um, it does help me figure out how to work best with our entrepreneurs.
0: I so love that. was
1: was teaching middle school math and science, um, never really thought about entrepreneurship. I don't have like the storyline of it's three generations deep uh, or anything like that, like was sure. really very blue collar mom's a nurse dad's a truck driver we we have jobs um and my husband actually is an entrepreneur though and so he kind of introduced me to this idea and uh I started my first company that was a stem enrichment programming for school-aged kids as a how do I start breaking out of the working in the traditional school setting um and then co-founded Doyen um in 2012 and have been on that roller coaster ever since around how do we support um, women and, you know, other diverse entrepreneurs who are building awesome ventures that don't traditionally get recognized as, you know, huge,
0: huge successes sure. um,
1: as like,
0: you know. Well, so, like- so the first thing I'm going to ask you, because you, 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 there was a lot to unpack in there, but we're going to get, we're going to get to all of it. But the first thing that I want to ask you is when you are working to serve marginalized entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, what are some of the challenges that these, these leaders and these founders and these individuals face? Let's start there.
1: Yeah. I think a big one is, um, overcoming the societal norms that have been drilled into their brain since, before they were even born you know sure. of of uh well you're a woman so this is what your role supposed to look like you're an entrepreneur that means you don't get to do anything else in your life besides live and breathe your venture yeah. so doyen really comes from a holistic approach of entrepreneurship is part of a life it's one hat that you wear during your day uh and women and women especially and people of color women are even more so um told that unless you change yourself or don't talk about any of those other things that happen in your life uh you are never going to be a success as running your company. And so yeah, and a lot I, of our work is undoing that.
0: That that's so interesting because I I've definitely been in work environments and not just startups like it really you know so I little bit about my, my background, I came up through male dominated industries, the entirety of my career. Um, and, and, and it was so odd to me that we were always encouraged as women, like, don't talk about your kids. Don't talk about your family. Don't talk about like, you can't talk about those things. If you want to be taken seriously, if you want to be credible. And the fact is like, I don't know, not just a single woman, but I don't know a single human being who can 100% lock that shit down and leave it all at home like you're if you're a mom you're always a mom you know if you are a partner and a spouse you're always a partner and a spouse in addition to always being whatever thing is bringing home the paycheck right exactly Uh, yeah. yeah so so i totally get that now now talk to me i i'm really curious when you say that like you break that down I, I, I'm not asking you to give away the farm, but like, what are some things or some attitudes that that you try to teach the individuals that you work with to help them overcome a lifetime of societal messaging?
1: Yeah, I think you know some of it is just how we approach. So, case in point, I had a meeting earlier today that you know the entrepreneur was like, "Oh my god, she has six kids," and she's just like. Another random fire. I'll be there as soon as I can. And I'm like, it's okay. Not a big deal. I'm just going to hang out in the Zoom until you show up. Or if you need to reschedule, no problem. And there's zero guilt put on that person as to your failure. How come you can't get this figured out? Or I take lots of meetings and people have their cameras turned off. And I'm like, I 100% respect and honor if you want to have your camera turned off. But I also encourage you, no matter where you're at, As long as it's, you know, as long as you're in a safe space to turn your camera on, because I don't want them turning it on while they're driving their cars. Sure. Um, Sure. But also, you know, what I'll normally hear is like, I have a kid hanging on me or, well, I'm breastfeeding and I'm scared that, you know, I'm going to, you're not going to take me
0: seriously. And I'm like, dude, I shouldn't say dude. (laughs) but like I, I actually say dude too yeah. I, I'm like gendered language I know but it's just so fun yeah. to say but
1: <laughs> all, I mean I personally haven't been in the breastfeeding experience because I, I don't have children but we've all been in there where it's like life is happening around us right. and um, unfortunately when life happens around men in the Zoom calls or, hey, I got to leave early because I got to get to my kids' soccer game. Or even if you ask them, like, how are your kids? It's like, level up. Um, but women are like, nope, I can't. I can't show any of this. I can't show my mess. Or we right. apologize for it. You know, I, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm two minutes late. Why are you apologizing for being two minutes late? I literally yeah. just started the meeting 30 seconds ago. You know,
0: don't like, well, <laughs> worry and I- about it. And that's that's so fascinating to me. I actually read a, it was a, it was a news article, but it was talking about, well, it was actually talking about like collective societal trauma, like everything that we've dealt with through the pandemic. But one of the, I guess, benefits that it talked about was the fact that because we were invited for the first time for many of us into our coworkers' homes, into like through Zoom, that we are now better able to empathize and better able to see our co like, oh, you're not just a automaton, like, you know, punching the, you know, the, the time clock and all that. Like, you're an actual human being who has a life who happens to do this work. And I just thought that was so interesting because we, we have allowed collectively, we've started allowing more grace and space Mm
1: -hmm. to the people
0: that, that we work with side by side day after day, just because we, we have some new insight into who they are as human beings, as family members, as moms, as, you know, wives or partners, um, and I just think that that I mean, I actually think that's a good thing. Like, horrific as this pandemic has been, yeah, um that that is a positive side effect, I would say.
1: I one hundred percent agree. I think the hard part is then you see the, but you there's also the counter to that, the backlash of uh, when you look at women leaving the workforce, women being reprimanded because of showing what they're showing the mess, the quote unquote, mess. Right. And that's something we're still trying to overcome. I see that even more so in entrepreneurship because you're supposed to be look you're supposed to be put together at all times. You are one hundred percent under the microscope, especially yeah. as a woman entrepreneur, no matter what sector. You're and I mean heaven help you
0: if you're trying to fundraise and you're trying it's, to yeah, find investors. Like Exactly. Yeah. I t- and I do I do to your point on the flip side of the coin, I do have a friend who she was I guess not like reprimanded officially, like note to file or anything like that. But she did have a conversation with a higher up because her Zoom was in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. And and like her, she was like, my bedroom is clean. There was nothing like sexy laying out or anything like that. And it's just, that's where my desk happens to be. But apparently this individual uh, told her that that was unprofessional. And she's Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, this is where my desk is. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing... I don't know. Just on people. People
1: are so strange. I don't people get are it. so. I mean, uh, people are listening right now and can't see, but you know, we're videoing with each other. Like the artwork that's up on my wall right now. It says, feminism yeah. is not a dirty word," and it's got a bunch of uteruses printed <laughs> as the background. See, I page. love that. <laughs> I have so many people that come in, they're like, "What? Where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, let me show you." Like yeah. this is me. This is my company brand as well. This is us. And the yeah. other one says, same shit, different century.
0: Because that's yeah. true too. <laughs> like- I definitely had an old boss reach out to me. And I think I had been I, I think I had been posting about um yeah, it was uh Kamala Harris. Right when she became the VP, like I on for innovator channels, I posted a couple of different things about how excited we were that we were finally going to have a woman of color as vice president, second highest office in the nation. I, it, these were not political posts at right. all. Like I wasn't like, go Democrats because like we wouldn't do, but it is a historic event to have a woman achieve something new and something at that level. And so we were acknowledging that. And I had an old boss of mine reach out and he was like, you're going to want to be careful with those political posts. You know, it, it's not good for your brand. And I was like, first of all, not political posts, historic yeah. posts. And you're reading it raw. If you're the one who's reading into that at that level, then that is that says more about you than me. But secondly, um Whose brand is it bad for? <laughs> like, right. That is our brand, celebrating right. women's achievements, celebrating women leaders. Like in what universe is it not good for us to acknowledge the as of right now, the the beacon, the lamp lighter for women in leadership. Yeah. <laughs> I mean
1: it's interesting because you know, you're hearing that from an old boss. I hear that from the other entrepreneurs. Like we'll put out posts that when I read them, I'm like, this is not very controversy. It's kind of just calling it out. And we usually have, well, not usually, we always have stats built around, like, sure, this is why we're saying these things. And the email emails I'll get that are like, this is setting up the wrong message. And I'm like, I don't understand why it's setting up the wrong mesh- message if I'm calling out inequalities that women face between being different types of women either, or, yeah. you know, like those are part of the challenge as well. Um, And then, you know, I also, but then what it does to me is also remember how broad my audience is within Doyen, And I do not like playing in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have a hard time with that, but it's also, if I'm going to put a quote unquote outrageous uh, statement out there, how am I countering it back to, well also here's the flip side of the coin and and trying to do that in a way that meets both sides of the issue but also recognizing what the bigger message is supposed to be
0: for sure and i and i would say like to our listener and really like to anybody cuz we have conversations like this around innovator all the time um, you know w- regarding women's issues and regarding intersectional women's issues as well um and the and the question is you know if we do not talk about these things and if we do not first acknowledge them, how will we be able to fix them? you know and the answer is we won't like mm-hmm. if we cannot call out these structures and these systems that do not serve all people, um then they're just gonna remain the same and we'll maintain the status quo, and nothing will be fixed. And, and so I, I think, you know, you don't have, I, I don't know. I, somebody called me an angry feminist once. And I was like, like, I kind of immediately like, you know, did it. I, I was like, I, got, I immediately got defensive, but then yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Well, I am a feminist and I am angry. Like yeah. There are things that I'm angry about. Like, that's okay. You know, now I don't think I'm a total jack hole about right. it, you know, but I, <laughs> I will call it out. I will, you know, ask you to examine what I, I will ask you to examine things. I will ask you to, to think about ways that we can fix it. And I will ask you to roll up your sleeves and do the work. If that makes me an angry feminist, so be it. <laughs> yeah. I have it. this,
1: I have this, um, someone gave me a card. I'll try to, you know, take out all the swear words. on it. <laughs> and she okay. gave, She gave zero Fs, not even one. And she lived happily ever after the end. Yeah. And it, and it kind of plays into that same sentiment of angry feminists. It's like, well, I'm sick of status quo. It's not working for anybody, even the people at the top. So we all have to reexamine. And how can you, you know, my pushback is also like, that's a reflection of you as a human being uh, when you call me a name. That has nothing right. to do with me. I've made you feel uncomfortable and you need to be feeling uncomfortable because I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable for different reasons. Right. But it, I also am like, okay, can we have a conversation around this? And part yeah. of it is I have to accept, like, not everybody wants to have that conversation or is ready to have that conversation or I'm not the right person to have that conversation with them. Yeah. But just opening the door and, and pushing back as to, you know, oh, well, that sucks that you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going
0: to apologize for it. So Well, and so so I was on occasion don't tell anybody, but on LinkedIn, I'll be, I'll be like one of those LinkedIn warriors where like somebody will post something and like, I'll just come in with, you know, like a statistic and be like, you know, that that's not entirely correct. You have to think about it through. And like, I'll answer to something that somebody has said. And so, so this one, a friend of mine, um, her, her name is Marie. She, she runs, um, Uh, Coding workshops for for people of color and like just free she's freaking awesome like I adore her, but she posted this picture and it showed you know a board of directors, and, and they had touted their diversity, and there were about 20 blonde women. And then, like, three white dudes, and it was like, well, okay, so gender diversity, you've done well, sure. congratulations, <laughs> well done, uh, good start, but yeah. when you look at that, like, it's actually, it was actually kind of horrifying, the, like, blonde lady, blonde lady, blonde lady, blonde lady, and I say that as a blonde lady, I'm just like, <laughs> ah, it's a little scary, uh, we're talking, like, for ste- wives here, <laughs> but somebody in the comments was, like, uh, in response to someone else, was like, we cannot we can't do this anymore but people aren't going to change unless they have a reason to change and thus far they don't have a reason to change and I don't agree with that and I came back at it I was like that that's not <laughs> that's not true. There is 100%. Like when you are looking at those people at the top, you see greater returns and you see more money and you see more cohesion amongst your team. And you see all of these benefits when you support diverse leaders and diverse entrepreneurs. And when you have diverse board of directors and diverse leadership teams, and when you have female founded, minority founded enterprises, they make more money. So people are, actively acting against their best interest when they maintain that status quo. And and so when you say that there is no reason there's every reason to change. If you don't want to look at it through the this is the right thing to do lens. If you want to look it through a through look at it through a purely profit mindset, you still have reason to make the change. And so I don't think it's that simple. You know, there is Every reason to change, and people don't want to because it it subverts their power and it subverts their comfort. Yeah. That's the reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do agree. I think I think so. Again, not to be contrary, but you know, like there's a flip side to it of it takes time to implement all the change and also to do it in the right way. So, right. You know, I wouldn't want that organization just like, well, we fired our entire board just and and now this is what we look like. Where are my okay. people
0: of color at? Like, right. because not,
1: yeah. <laughs> Have you done my, my, my question? And I mean, we're going through this with Doyen, too. Like we've been on an 18 month journey looking at this, too, of how are you making sure that the systems and structures in place within your business, your organization, whatever, um, is set up so that you have. A culture that is willing to bring in the diversity that you so much want, instead of saying, well, we're checking a box. Well, or, and- we're just going to bring in this person and make them do what we want them to do. And if they don't fit it, well, then that's not our fault. Because look, we tried.
0: Right. Well, and you hear so much about culture fit. And the fact is, if you are looking to introduce people who do not fit your current norm into your team without first setting them up for success, listening to them, and then you have created a culture that has nothing to do with like, do you have people of color on your board? Or do you have women on your board? You've created a culture that is monolithic. And in all of those benefits that you you want to reap from having a diverse team and having diverse leadership, you've completely, you, you've completely gone against that, right. right? Like if you're not supporting the different perspectives and the different mindsets that these, these individuals have to offer, you have accomplished nothing.
1: Right. So you right. can't do and that, that means, either. You're absolutely right. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work in a heavy, heavy, I don't want to say heavy, it's just a lot of work yeah. from every, for everybody involved. You know, I met with a startup a couple of years ago that it was just the four uh, founders. They were all white men and they were like, we would really, you know, we're getting ready to hire more people. We just don't have any women apply to work here. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's, let's sit down. When I come to the meeting, I want you to bring like, here's our organizational structure, Here's our marketing materials, yada, yada, yada. Right. So we sat down and talked and I said, okay, so as a woman just looking at everything you laid in front of me, there's no one who looks like me yeah, on anything. Like even on your your brochure about your product, there's not even a woman using your product. Right. Um, so why, you know, we were in the, they had a, a storefront. Um, so I was in the storefront too. And I'm like, all your cutouts. All of your coloring that you use for all of your um, all of your products and branding are all very masculine. Yeah, it's not a you know, I'm not trying to rip them apart. I'm trying to, you know, show them how if this is the feel, I don't feel invited in. I don't right. feel like this would be something that I want to be the first of as a woman. Um, And I'm going to have a lot of uphill battles that are already playing out through my mind or I'm, you know, nervous about before even filling out that application to work there or putting my dollars into your company to even buy the product or invest in your product. Yeah.
0: I had someone, um, he's the founder, he's a good friend of mine, and and he's the founder of a deep tech company, and he had kind of this, he had the same question. Um, Why don't we have women applying with us? And I was like, I have like eight answers to that question. But first, before I like go into it, um, my first question to you is like, do you understand that if you are looking to create an environment of inclusivity, true inclusivity, that will require more time? more money, more words, more resources, more people, like it is an investment. And if you're not ready and willing to make that investment, then there's no point. This is just a mental exercise that we're doing for funsies, but nothing will change. And, and so, you know, I, I, I just love what you do, my friend. I I hope that, I mean, I think that even just us having this
1: conversation, you know that we're not the only ones having these conversations. They're happening everywhere. What I also hope it does do is changes some of the landscaping into investing. Meaning when a company pitches, you're not supposed to say like, oh, I'm going to use dollars from my investors to do business and team development. You know, like that should be able to be said. In those pitch practice or not pitch practice uh, in those pitch meetings as to this is it. This is something that's important to our company. And so we do believe that investment dollars need to go towards this as well to support the longevity and the investors being able to get their money back at some right.
0: point. Well, so so I do have to say I'm going to tell you a little bit about Full Scale now because once again today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Full Scale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Um you can find them online at fullscale.io. Uh check them out on Facebook. And um I, I do want to just give them a little plug here. And I don't know if I've ever done this on the show before, but I know that their offices in Cebu in the Philippines, um, they actually have a significant amount of female developers on their team. And I freaking love that. Like every single time they show me pictures of they they always they do like a lot of team things. Uh, and, and like, I'll see pictures and I'll be like, woman, 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 woman. awesome way to go full scale. (laughs) It's very exciting. Well, because not only are they doing their, their, you know, developers tends to be white cisgender male, you know, and, and there are definitely a lot of exceptions that prove the rule, but, you know, I don't think we've cracked it yet on getting, um, you know, where we need to do go, where we need to go as far as parody, but you know, it's in the Philippines, which is, um, I, I guess I did not realize that they had so many female developers there and that's on me. That's like my Americanized kind of Eurocentric view, but like, you know, bad me for not, not thinking, oh man, they're a bunch of badass female developers and they somehow ended up at full scale. That's amazing. Um, you know, I just, I love that. So I, I, Love full scale, glad that they uh, sponsored the show, but they're, they're doing the work. They're doing the work. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, so let me, let me ask you this, cause I do, we're talking about funding. Um. And, and one of the things I think you and I both know, and one of those talking points is that, you know, women, uh, female founded teams received, it used to be 2.2% of venture funding. And then I think it like spiked up. Um, but yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean comparatively speaking um you know but and then when you look at like women of color who have found a team like man the numbers become even more at one point i know it was like 0.006 percent of vc funding and like that's ridiculous so so talk to us talk to us about that landscape because i know that that's a big part of of what you do
1: yeah um so one of one of the main, you know, focus, pillar, strategy, whatever word we're using at the time within Doyen is, um, try, you know, funding the ventures, getting dollars into the hands of women entrepreneurs, because, you know, exactly to the stats that you pointed out, uh, it is a huge gap. I think in 2018, it was, you know, women from VC firms only received less than 3% total but Jewel, which which equaled out to like about three million dollars total that year. But yeah. Jewel, you know the vape cigarettes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. eleven million. So one company received three times more than all women led companies in this nation from uh, venture that's capitalists.
0: Crazy. <laughs> Why do you say things like that to me? It makes me sad. It it well
1: that's part of it. We need to call it call it out. <laughs> um, But, you know, we're based in Wisconsin. The Midwest is even more close knit and tight hands. Can we say risk averse? Yes. (laughs) As to where money will go. And there's a ton of biases that play out there. You know, the number of times I've heard, oh man, he reminds me of myself when I was his age. Oh, yeah. so that's why he's getting funded. Um oh, I I know his dad. Oh, so that's why he's getting funded. Yeah. Um, you know, it also comes down to there's all sorts of these events that just bring the investors together. You're sure. Like, why am I, you know, why am I meeting with other investors? I want to meet with the entrepreneurs or why aren't right. you mixing it up more? Or these barriers of entry for I just got invited to a conference. Investors get to come for free, but the entrepreneurs need to pay. What? What? You gotta flip that model, there, buddy. Like, yeah. No kidding. There's, there's all of these things, and then, and then just the the number of boxes women have to check more versus our male counterparts when we, when we even do get the meeting. Right. Um, I was, I was in, um, I was in a meeting for a fund selection, um, presentation a couple months ago and the first presenter was male and the second presenter was a female and the first presenter. So this is how they introduced him. Oh my God, you guys are going to love this guy. So he's working on a bridge round before he does his series B, uh, he wants to do it all as convertible notes, but the company is so awesome. And you know, we've seen him before you're, you're just, you're going to love it. The guy fumbles through his pitch. He really didn't have any idea of where his dollars were going to come from. Didn't know where the, the series B dollars were going to come from for next and left us with a ton of questions. And I was like, this, I, when I leave a, a, a meeting feeling like I have more questions than answers, how am I supposed to feel confident about Yeah, that wasn't a really happy? good pitch. <laughs> Second. So then, so then it comes to Lady. This was her introduction. Um, So this is her first time pitching to us, and she doesn't have any customers or clients yet in Wisconsin, but um, we're her next target. She does have a few in some other states, um, but, you know, this is where the money would really be helpful for that. This lady rocked it, you know, because she knows I have to come and show up and deliver Oh, yeah. And, you know, she knows when I get done pitching, there better not be any questions. Because if I make it so that they have questions, I'm not going to get a yes. Yeah. Follow up email a week later. We're totally investing in dude company one. Lady company is not ready yet. We told her to come back in a couple months when she's got her first woman client or first Wisconsin. Yeah,
0: that happens to so many so many female founders that I know it's and I think I think I read somewhere and and I I would be hard-pressed to tell you where so don't ask me. <laughs> but on average, um I I think it came down to women have to work three times as hard to achieve the same level of credibility as men. When you look at women of color, that number jumps to 6% or six times, sorry, six times as hard in yeah. order to achieve the same results. And, and it, it, there is there's unconscious biases. Um, another issue that I know a lot of the female founders that I work with um, that happens is there's this internal biases against, quote unquote, women focused products and women, you know, and so anytime you come forward and you're like, I have created pantyhose that won't run like, or whatever it is, you know, but something that would be very useful to a very large Democrat, like there is huge potential for market penetration because you're pitching to a team of dudes more often than not, who have never experienced the frustration of pantyhose that runs. There is this just immediate pushback. Well, this isn't a thing that anybody needs. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not a thing that you need. But yeah. this is a thing that I very much need. You know, and so that's something that you have to look for as well. Um, you know, think of who you're pitching to. Do Not only does do you understand my pitch, but do you understand the need, the problem that I'm solving, the pain point that I'm addressing? Because that's really what it all comes down to. Entrepreneurs, we're not, we're, we're building businesses, but really right. we're trying to solve problems. Okay. And so if yes. you don't understand the problem, then how can you understand my product and why it's, why it's valid and important?
1: And that's why, right? again, the research shows that women are much like much more likely to start ventures because they're having a direct need or problem either within their own personal life or they see it across their community that they're like, we got to fix this. And they're more likely to, you know, hire people from their community, but also return their money back into their communities. So they are much right. more likely to support an entire economy than our male counterparts. You know, I was, I was meeting with an entrepreneur who's working on her pitch deck and um, it's, you know, she's, she's, she's trying to show this could be a client and her image on her, on her slide is a man shaving his leg. And I was like, Oh my God, I love that. And she goes, I'm afraid it's too controversial. I go, it totally is because go watch a commercial on TV for shaving your legs you don't even see any hair on the woman's leg let alone be a hairy guy's leg and I feel like we've already started to see the progress on social media ads of being able to be more open to we need to show that this is diverse and these are real issues happening but that that tv leap or that you know people with power uh leap is it's going to take longer and it also it makes them feel uncomfortable so we we can't do it you know my co-founder um her tagline she used to say was tits out she she was you know she hated saying grow a pair cuz she was like i don't want a pair of balls i have a pair of boobs and they yeah. work they work hard they bring life they give you know like they nourish and so she used to say tits out all the time we did a t-shirt um a couple of years ago uh, in remembrance of her cuz she passed away Um, that is a pair of boobs with heart tassels on the nipples. Oh my God. The people that sent me scathing emails of like, this is vulgar. Why would you do this? And I'm like, it is totally an honor of something that Amy said, Amy believed in, um, and it was people really bought into it, or they absolutely
0: hated well, it. Not, it sounds like Amy might not have cared, like that no. you, that your Victorian sensibilities yeah. were offended by <laughs> by this thing that she would have loved. Yeah, we have to, and that's just it. Like, I don't give a shit. Push <laughs> right? She
1: didn't. She did not. She had zero Fs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, and you've, you've got the artwork to prove it. Sometimes yeah. zero Fs is the way to be. That's right. Um, well, so so, talk to us. I, I want to get into into this funding piece. You know, we've talked yeah. about like there there are huge benefits to there are huge benefits to funding women and and women led teams. There are huge disparities currently. Um, you know, what is it going to take for us to to overcome and and achieve gender parity? Um, you know, racial parity? You know. Any any of these parodies that we need right. to to achieve within the entrepreneurial landscape, what's it going to take?
1: I think so. You had mentioned it earlier around giving up power. Um, I think that's what it's really going to take. And there's this there's a huge um, conversation piece around like, well, if I give up my power, I'm going to lose. Yeah. And again, you're not going to lose. We're all going to benefit. You know, nice. it, this, you mentioned it, the stats continue to show us when you have more diversity on your team, you thrive, everybody thrives, your company makes more money, you do more things like until there's more than 4% of all VCs in this company are identified as women. <laughs> We're going to continue to see these same numbers roll out year after year until we can see more women taking those seats at the table and leveraging their dollars as to who and what they want to support. You know, I think it's really interesting when I look at some of the fund, some of the investors, I'm like, this is this was her wealth. This was the wife's wealth that she brought to the partnership or the marriage. How come? Her husband or her partner is the one making decisions around the money. Why isn't she sitting at the table? Right. We, we run a program called the Investor Accelerator within Doyen, and it's all about how do we help women feel like they can take back that power or just feel comfortable saying, I deserve to sit at this table. Yeah. I think well, the other one, to use the proverbial table, like we got to build a new table. A lot yep. of times I don't want to sit at your table. I want to build a new table. Yeah. And that well, needs to happen too.
0: So, so, so let me, all right, I'm going to ask you this, this one final ish question, but for our listeners at home, you know, a lot of startup hustle listeners, they're entrepreneurs themselves. And what can they do? Um, you know, we talk, you kind of hit on it on, on giving up power, but like, what does that look like to the average entrepreneur day to day? Somebody who's listening, who could implement something tomorrow?
1: Oof. Um, So I think, once again, as we discussed earlier, investing time and talent into what are your company values? What do you stand for? When I talk to entrepreneurs who are going through the investor track, let's also remember that only 4% of all companies go the investor track in the country. So it's a small number of companies that are ever going to be considered... Uh, up for investment dollars. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, is the investor track right from you? And also, I think that there's a scarcity model built around that. So I have a number of people that will come to me like, oh, you know, I've been pitching my ass off for 18 months and I finally got one investor to bite. And, but they're like, but the terms are really predatory and I don't want to say yes to this. And I'm like, so... Can you say no? Do you want to walk away? And they're like, I I feel like if I walk away, I'm gonna to have to continue to struggle to be able to find another opportunity. And if if I say no, are they gonna go tell all the other investors? Well, I offered, and they said no, and it's gonna create this huge like black mark on my company. And I'm like, well, that's that's part of the you being confident and also you feeling like you have the control within your company to say, you know what, this isn't right for me. I'm going to walk away because I know that something better is going to come along. Yeah. And I think the entrepreneurs need to take back some of that within um, how investment is structured. Um, and then it's, it's the agencies like you and I run of how can we be voices and how can we support that? to try and create more equality across the landscape. Sure. An opportunity across the landscape. So it's it's just as much your job and my job as it is the entrepreneur's job, as it is the investor's job to all figure out how do we play our part and how do we make it better.
0: Right. I I love my job. I don't know about you. Like yes. some days you definitely feel like beating your head against a wall. Um, but some days you're like, oh I made a difference. I moved that needle, even if it was just a teeny tiny bit. Yeah um so well well very cool well so so i we we have come up on one of my favorite parts of the show are you ready heather are you ready for the human question
1: uh i think so
0: okay (laughs) so i'm gonna ask you this is actually one of my favorite questions but i don't ask it very often uh who's your hero i
1: don't know if i have one I will give you two. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm a cruel taskmaster.
1: <laughs> I think, um, so it's more of what they stand for than them actually as okay. a, full, a full human being. So I, you know, I power pose all the time um, against strength. And that's So Wonder Woman. The thought of what Wonder Woman is supposed to represent.
0: Tell ya um
1: is definitely a hero of mine
0: the pursuit of truth and justice yeah yeah and
1: then oh man i don't have a number two i'm just gonna be honest i don't have a number two because what I feel like, a
0: great answer well like, i think I everybody has
1: pieces we can pull from each other so i will go through my day and be like i'm channeling this person right now i'm channeling this person yeah. right now to to build strength from it to again for days when I'm beating my head against the wall or be like, how many fricking times do I have to say this before you'll listen to me (laughs) that this needs to happen. Um, But also that not dealing with the entrepreneurs that's dealing with the other jargon, but you know, like um, that's really what keeps me going is I have all these amazing examples across time and history that I can pull from and channel to be able to keep moving forward and know that I can't move mountains on my own, but yeah. I might be able to move a pebble.
0: We do not exist in a vacuum. Um, no. all of the, and, and I'm speaking for both of us here, but the work that we do is built on the backs of many brave and courageous women and individuals who came before us. Um, you know, I'm always, I always make sure to acknowledge that. Um, well, very cool. I got to tell you, I love uh, wonder woman as an answer. And i I definitely like i'm I'm in my office right now, and I have a lot of books, and I at least like six or seven of them are about Wonder Woman. yes, uh, as a pop art concept, as a, you know, societal move forward, all of that stuff. So so yeah. excellent, very cool., uh, you know, speaking of very, very cool, Things I do have to give one final nod to our episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Um, and you know, like I said, employing all of those women, uh, which we we love to hear. So, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us today and to chat with us. I had I had an amazing time, but mm-hmm. I love talking about this shit. So.
1: Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you again for having me. And thanks for all that you do and bring to this world.
0: Same to you. Uh, And thank you to our, our dear listeners. We love it when you spend some time with us. Please continue to do so. We will catch you next time.